Hi, welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Pastor Dave Rudot. I self-identify as having a voice for print. I am with my co-host, Pastor Will Harley, who self-identifies as the thorn of the side of Pastor Winsberger and Pastor Rudot. <laughs> it's, it's good to have you here with two pastors talking to, today. We're going to be talking about Lutheran preaching, what makes it unique. Uh, and dear listener, know that we're not just going to be fawning over ourselves and the job that we have, but... Uh, letting you in on the conversations that we have because we hold ourselves to high ideals on uh, how we preach and we hold ourselves to high ideals to as to the craft that we're doing so our topic today lutheran preaching um you we are uh, letting you in on two pastors having a conversation we are thinking things through throwing ideas off each other uh, and bantering back and forth what we say isn't the viewpoint of our churches necessarily or our synod that we are part of. We're just uh, talking about this topic and, and uh, discussing it one another, to, discussing it to one another. Some of what we say uh, will be our opinion. Uh, some of it isn't uh, bound by the Word of God and the Confessions, though you and uh, the Pastor Will, Harley, and I all bound ourselves to the Lutheran Confessions. But recognize that some of what we have to say is our opinion. So, uh, we are asking you to discern between the two. If you have any difficulty trying to figure out which one is the Word of God and which one is the Confession and which one is the opinions of Pastor Harley or Pastor Rudot, feel free to contact us at castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can, we even have a Facebook page. You can look us up there, Casting Nets Pod on Facebook, or you can talk to us in person or um, uh, and have that conversation that way. Or you can just listen to the next podcast that we have. That's okay, too. So we're here on Casting Nets to talk about real life and living faith. So when I was uh, um, a younger preacher man, and um, Pastor Winsberger was uh, was younger than he is now. And and for those of you who listen to the broadcast, you probably don't think he's that old, but he's very old. He's <laughs> he he was taught by Moses um, from the original tablets, uh, his catechism. Anyway, uh, as and there was actually a toss up between him and 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 uh, Joshua as to who would take over for Israel, but because he had no hair. Um, people didn't respect him, and so Joshua got it. Um, so that tells you a little bit about, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But he would always used to say that right before I would get up to preach, he, he, he made fun of me in my congregation one time by saying that, uh, he said, Pastor Harley, before he preaches, he goes back into the sacristy and he downs a Red Bull <laughs> so that he could come out and that he could, he could bring the energy um, to, to his preaching. Um, I'm not going to say I down a Red Bull. I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan of Red Bull, but I, I do walk around with a coffee cup. So if that gives you any idea. Today we are going to talk about Lutheran preaching, and um, I, I think I, I, I like Lutheran preaching. Um, I, I like the study of preaching. Uh, preaching scares the, the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... Uh, 
Um, I think something that garnishes a lot of respect and needs to garnish a lot of respect. And so um, I, I think when we talk about this today, I, I hope, dear listener, you're going to understand that that we we do respect this art of preaching. Um, and, and we're going to call it an art because it is something that we grow into. It is something that we grow uh, with. Uh, I look back at my sermon. I keep a, a catalog of every sermon I've ever, ever written. Um, and now YouTube does some of that for me as well. And uh, I have to say that there are sermons that I have preached and sermons that I have, I have written in the beginning of my ministry almost 11 years ago that I look at and I'm like, I would not, I, I would, I, I would never touch that ever again. Um, but there's also things that I'm sure you have dealt with as well, where, where as we look at Lutheran preachers and look at it preaching ourselves, when we approach a text you know, we, we have this three-year cycle and, and we approach, you know, three years later, the gospel lesson, and we look at it and we say, you know, I preached on this um, three years ago. And we go back and we look at that sermon that we preached three years ago, and then we do the text study again. And and we look at it and we say to ourselves, what was I thinking? Yeah, what did I miss? Yeah, you know, look at all the things I missed. Um, because we grew throughout those three years in, in the walking uh, with our Lord, so so Lutheran preaching is 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 not just a stagnant thing. It's not just a here's a here's the here are the blanks, fill it in, and and now you're a Lutheran preacher. I would I would agree because I didn't come out. Of, we don't come out of the seminary. We maybe we sound like cookie cutter pastors when we come out because we have the, all the sermons. Maybe if you're in a congregation where you hear seminary uh, seminary students come and preach this, it's, it's pretty much always the same. Where uh, we develop and grow as we. Uh, go in our ministry as we, we as we preach sermons, as we are walk among God's people and uh, minister to them in a very personal way. Our sermons begin to change. Uh, it 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 grows with the interactions with people. It grows with our own personal life. It grows with our own uh, maturity as a Christian. I know. I was thinking back as you mentioned uh, the, the earlier sermons. I have a lot more uh, interpretation going into the pulpit now than when I was first came out of the seminary. When I first came out of the seminary, it was more of a, hey, I get to do this. This is awesome. I get to. This is what I've been thinking about for myself for so long. This is what I get to do. Look at all of the things I can accomplish or influence by preaching. And uh, as I get older, it's more of, I'm preaching God's word here. Uh, I better get it right. Well, and and you know, I remember, I remember with my uh, the pastor who taught me uh, during our vicarage, and um, and he'd say to me, well, actually, it was uh, oddly enough, it was Pastor Mall, John Mall, and you're a relation yep. to yep. him, stepbrother, yep. And he said to me, he he said, uh, he says, if you ever lose the fear of going into the pulpit, he says, you need to stop preaching, and, and I took that very seriously. Um, that there is a there is a sense of of awe and fear that comes with stepping into that role um, of of being preacher and and leading God's people, um, and I and I think what it where it comes from, and and where where good Lutheran preaching will eventually come from, and why it changes and grows, is because it comes from a growth in the creative word. Um, you know, when we come out of the seminary, I mean, we, we might think we know everything, but we don't know everything. And good pastors have libraries 
um, and they read a lot. And and you'll sometimes, dear listener, you might come by and you're like, well, I wonder if Pastor's in his office. And then you come by and you almost are disappointed because he's there, and he's his desk is full of books, and and he's sitting there reading. And you're thinking to yourself, what do we pay him for? Uh, shouldn't he be out doing this visit or that visit, or or shouldn't he be he be doing this thing for the church or that thing for the school? And and the reality is, the best thing that your pastor can do for his people that he serves is read, um, read God's word, study um, commentaries on God's word, be involved in growing um, as a person spiritually because of the creative word that that is given to us. I'm going to read uh, just a, um, there's a book that that I have. It's been in my library and I've read it a couple of times and I'm, I'm probably going to read it again because it's so good. Um, but it's it's a, a book called A Lutheran Primer for Preaching and uh, it is by Edward Grimmenstein and it's just a theological approach and practical approach to writing a sermon. And, and I bought this a while ago because I, I like sermon pre- uh, preaching and prepping and I always am trying to add new things. But this is something that he said that that uh, I, I think is kind of needful to, to frame our conversation today. And, and he says, uh, very first chapter, he says, God chose to speak. That was God's choice, not ours. And because of this fact, preaching has been inexorably linked to creation and will be until the very end of time. Second, not only does God speak, but he speaks a creating word. Speaking does nothing unless it is creating. Otherwise, speaking can be abusive, damning, or judging. God's word is different, though. His speaking is the building up of realities and states of existence that simply did not exist before that speaking. You know, that is a, 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 an awesome quote because we're thinking of what, what is a pastor doing when he is preaching? He is building up God's people as... as uh, Paul talks about that in all of our speech should be building up in Ephesians 4 verse 32, building people up. But how much of our speech that we have around us is tearing people down? How much is my own sinful nature and what what that produces? How much does that tear people down? So when you are uh, going to hear your pastor preach, you're, you're going there to hear him build you up. Use God's creative word uh, to speak, and uh, that leads me to an interesting question. Will is why do we have sermons in the first place? Why don't we just read God's word? Why don't we have the three lessons and then just sit down and be done? Why do we have a pastor preaching on that word? Well, I, and I, I think to maybe answer that question, um, we'd have to maybe do a more in-depth study on on what a sermon is, and and specifically maybe what a Lutheran sermon is. Um, there is a, a pastor, Missouri Synod pastor, um, who kind of put some of this information together in a in, in at least a decent way for us to discuss. Um, pastor Preuss, uh, he he had a little paper about uh, what's called Lutheran preaching, and it was for uh, um, uh, a pastor's conference, and he he gave seven points of what. Lutheran preaching is. Now, granted, we're Wells, but that doesn't mean the points aren't the same. I mean, the difference between Wells Lutheran preaching and, and LCMS Lutheran preaching isn't all that different. Um, it shouldn't be. Um, so, I mean, we can work with these points. And, and and the points, I think, lead to that question of of why we don't just stand up and read the scriptures. Um, and, and to answer that is very simply, and we're going to get to those points, but to give you a very simple answer is... Um, Lutheran preaching 
is part of the means of grace. That 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 preaching itself is part of the means of grace. Um, where we have we have the sacraments, right? Uh, we have baptism, we have holy communion, and 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 it's the word connected with, right? The word connected with um, the water, the word connected with the bread and the wine, and and here it is, God ripping open time and space, and and personally coming and and giving His gifts to us in this way, and. The sermon is that too. It is the word connected with the life of God's people, um, and I think that's where the sermon becomes this, in some ways, a, a sacramental tool. Um, not a sacrament. It's not a sacrament. I'm not saying it's a sacrament, but it's a sacramental tool, um, where it is. It is focusing our attention on what God is going to do for us in the sacraments. It's focusing our attention on what God does for us with the means of grace in, in his word. Um, and, and how does that word intersect with our lives? Um, because I, I think we've all been in, in Bible studies or whatever, where, or even in church where someone walks out and says, Pastor, I never understood that scripture that way. And, and it was so comforting to me. Because, not because God is ambiguous or, or God isn't clear, but Let's face it, many of our people, the only interaction they have with their Lord is that Sunday when they sit in church. And they don't have the, they, they haven't been gathering every single day, living and breathing and ingesting this wonderful word of God that that they can read it and say, wait a second, this connects to this in the scripture and this connects to that in the scripture. And this is what God is saying. And this is what's going on in the life of the people of Israel, or this is what's going on in the life of the prophets or or the life of the disciples and how it intersects with my own life, because I'm that way too. And so the, 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 the Lutheran preacher takes all of those things and he wraps them up and, and, and he, he toils with it for a week and he, he goes so in-depth and falls down that rabbit hole and chases this trail and chases that trail, and then a piece of him is cut off here and a piece of him is cut off there as he says, I can't, I can't share this with my people right now because they're not ready, and uh, they're, this is way too much for them to swallow. And then by the time he's done and he presents an 18 to 20-minute sermon, um, he uh, like anywhere between three-quarters to a good half of him has died throughout the week because he's like, there's so much more to this. I wish I could tell you. And I'm at the wait three years to tell you it again. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears is uh, n- not what you just said, but what really grinds my gears is pastors who say, well, I don't talk about that in the sermon. I'll talk about that in Bible class. As if Bible class is the only time where there's teaching that's going on in the congregation. But the sermon has always been designed, not I shouldn't say designed, but always used, as a teaching tool. This is how it even talked about it in the Confessions, where uh, in Article 5 of the uh, Apology of the Augsburg Confession, where it talks about the teaching, uh, teaching the gospel is what, is, is the, what the, the, ministry, the preaching ministry is. So uh, for us as pastors, the sermon is also meant to teach. And so I think for myself, when I think about uh, my people, I say, yeah, I want them in Bible class, but I am not going to shy away from teaching them in a sermon or using sermons to teach. Well, and I and I think there's a, there's another and, and I want to get back to those those seven points here, but there's leading into what you're you're you were saying just a little bit of the difference between good preaching and and kind of what we see out there and to answer your question further is um there's an article it's called Lutheran preaching um by uh, a reverend Dr. Mike 
Burkholtz, and and he says this, and and I think this is this this points to the malady that we're talking about. In most churches today, the title malady pe- meaning what's that? Malady meaning the malady meaning the problem. Okay, the the, the problem that I think that we're dealing with. And sorry, I'm using technical terms because <laughs> um, we're talking about the art of preaching. So yeah, we're, we're gonna <laughs> throw out some terms that <laughs> listeners are like, "What are they talking about? They've just they've entered another plane of existence that we have no idea." So, so the, the, the problem that we're facing as, as in the, in preaching in this world and, and what sets should hopefully set us off differently as Lutheran preachers, um, here's what he says, here's, here's the problem. So here's what we're facing to help answer why, why just not reading scripture and then going on. Here's what he says is in most churches today, uh, the titles pastor and preacher are synonymous. You expect your pastor to be one preaching to you from the pulpit on a regular basis, but this was not always the case in the late Middle Ages. Most parish pastors were poorly educated and unable to deliver a sermon. It was not unusual for a parish to pay for a traveling monk or scholar to preach for them. These sermons were typically, and this is where I would underline it and say this is what we're dealing with today, about an hour in length and focused on ethical duties and issues of morality rather than on the grace of God. And, and I think this is where we've become, we, we've gone back to this, where, where and, and I'm not going to blame a certain category of church body <laughs> or, or believers, but, but you know the churches that I'm talking about where you go in and, 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 you know, the, 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 the sermon, and I'm, I'm using, you can't see my quotes. I'm using air quotes. The sermon um, is by a guy who is dressed in jeans and a, and, and a collared shirt, maybe a tie. Um, probably not. He's got tattoos on his arms. I'm not saying anything about tattoos. I don't have any, but if you want them, that's whatever. But, but you know, he's, he's standing up there and he's talking about his life and he's talking about, about the morality of his life and he's talking about the, the ethical issues of today and, and he's waning eloquent about, um, you know, be on fire, man. And, and you got to understand this is for the love of people. And, you know, I don't know why I was acting like I was a hippie on, on, on the doobie, but can I say doobie? Anyway, <laughs> let us know at castingnetspod at gmail.com. But, 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 you know, this is the thing that you see is, is, and, and then they say, well, this is biblical preaching because they threw in some verses or they threw in, um, um, well, and Paul said, and they took it out of context. You know, they, they hunt and peck around the scriptures to find the verses that they want. And then they, they, um, throw them in there as like the little, the little, um, memes in the sermon to help keep their own personal narrative. And, and and I think this is, there's, there's something wrong about that because that's not, that's not preaching. I think we have to make a distinction between a living the text and using the text to talk about your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, well, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you that, that I am, I am so much in favor of the lectionary um, and so much in favor of the the the, the lectionary readings and, and the three-year reading that we're on. I'm even in favor of a one-year lectionary, honestly, um, because I think it forces the pastor to have to, to, to limit himself 
to talk about the text, to talk about the life of Christ and how it intersects with us. So before we get too far in, let's let's talk about. W- can we can we just wrap up your oh, comment sure. about yeah, your yeah. ethical you know preachers that had that talked about the ethical duties and the issues of the day rather than on the scriptures and just uh, going back to yeah as as Lutherans we'll teach and we'll talk about the issues of the day we'll talk about how to conduct ourselves but there's an element that you should be looking for in that preaching and that element would be Jesus Christ and the gospel. Uh, which probably leads to your first point from Royce's yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it does lead to to Preuss's paper. But but just to say that you know, also in Lutheran preaching, you know, if we are going to talk about the points of today or the ethical things of today, it's not going to be like let's just do a a shotgun approach of every ethical issue. It's going to be something that deals with the text and and how that intersects with the text itself and and how Christ would have dealt with it within the text. So, so it comes with the, here's the points. So Price, he lays out seven, seven points, uh, Pastor Price, um, in his paper. And, and the first one is Lutheran preaching is biblical. And then and he goes from there and he says Lutheran preaching is evangelical. And, and for those of you who are wondering what evangelical means, it means Christ-centered, essentially Christ-centered. Mm. Um, and then he says Lutheran preaching is didactic. And that's another really big word. That's remember he's writing to pastors who like big words. Uh, we're going to baffle you with our brilliance, um, <laughs> but it just means teaching. That that Lutheran Lutheran preaching is teaching. Okay, we we are teaching the scriptures. That that's what it's about. Fourth is is Lutheran preaching is clear, and and, and I mean this is very very important. He then goes to the the last couple. He says, uh, fifth Lutheran preaching is dogmatic, which means that it it, it, it rests on an authority. Okay? Um, when we say, I know some people are thinking dogmatics is bad. Um, boring. Everybody, or boring. Everybody is dogmatic in their life because everybody rests on an authority. And and so, so Lutheran preaching rests on an authority. What is the authority? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Sixth is that Lutheran preaching is polemical or polemic which means that it 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 fights against something you know it, it it's it's not going to shy away and we're going to talk about that and then finally which many people may may know already is and you've been waiting for it is that lutheran preaching is properly distinguishing between law and gospel that that it divides law and gospel appropriately and we're going to talk about what that means too so so this to start off the conversation um and and kind of walk our way through some of these points and highlight Lutheran good Lutheran preaching within them. So um, let let I'll let you take the first one because I know you like to talk about the Bible, and so um, Lutheran uh, preaching been, is biblical. <laughs> well, I didn't read the paper because, uh, but uh, I like the idea of the Lutheran preaching. I didn't let him read the paper <laughs> because I found it last night, and then I chose not to send it to him. <laughs> right. That's all right because he's just being a thorn in my side, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, so biblical preaching is biblical. Uh, biblical preaching is biblical. Lutheran preaching is biblical. We're actually going to preach the Bible. Maybe, perhaps, he was thinking about Lutheran preaching is has a history in the Bible. Uh, this is me kind of fishing for whatever he said. But just the idea that uh, having somebody actually expound on the text in front of us is something that was done, whether that be the Old Testament prophets uh, t- telling God's people His Word or confronting kings. Uh, they were using God's word and they were applying it to an individual. 
the idea of having somebody digest God's word, live in it for a, while, for a time, and then talk about that word and apply it to God's people, that's biblical. We think of Jesus going to the synagogue. He didn't just stand up there and read Isaiah. He uh, actually explained Isaiah. Well, it was pretty provocative at how he explained God Isaiah because he said, um, I, I fulfilled it. Right here, you're, you're, you're seeing the... the uh, the prophecy fulfilled in your midst. So Lutheran teaching is biblical. It's just its idea of uh, bringing God's creative word into the lives of God's people is something that God designed it to be. And and he goes even a step further, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head of that, that its focus is living and breathing and, and, and living within the scriptures. But but to do that means that, that the Lutheran preacher, the, the Lutheran pastor, is a theologian. Uh, where he spends his life in the Word, um, you know that 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 he is not shying away from the growth and study of God's Word in in his own life as part of his his daily professional growth. And and I think there's there's something to be said that when we say that it, that we are biblical, we are not just saying, well, we use the Bible. We're saying no, we 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 are familiar with the biblical languages. We are. I'm not saying that you have to be fluently reading them. I, I don't know of many people who can fluently read other languages. I mean, not everybody's gifted linguistic uh, in, in, in a in a linguistic type of way, but they know how to work with it, and they can they go back and they can say, "Thus says the Lord," because this is what He said, and 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 they can work within the fr- the framework and say, you know, maybe this translation wasn't as clear as it could be. And and here's what was really being said because this is their life study, right? Um, and and that is the Lutheran theologian that brings to the preaching what the Bible says. So when he stands up on a Sunday, as you said, and 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 he's he's going back and he's talking. Let's go back to to Jesus explaining Isaiah. Well, that Lutheran pastor has gone back and read the text in the Hebrew as Jesus would have read it in Hebrew, and in many ways sees the beauty. Of, of those words being played out to the ears of those original hearers. And, and then the job of that Lutheran pastor as theologian is to bring that life into the congregation as he preaches those words, um, as, as he has opportunity to, to say, thus says the Lord, and here's what it meant for them with those ears to hear. Um, and, and that's what it means to be a biblical preacher. Um, to be a biblical preacher is to, is to put ourselves within the historical text and, and to say, my life is here, um, even though I am thousands of years removed and I have a cell phone that I can touch a screen and I have cars that I can hop into, um, the same desires and the same longings and the same, the same um, bewilderment of, of what I'm encountering is the same as those who gathered at the foot of Christ to learn um, or gathered uh, there in that synagogue, if we're using that example, or, or even if you're in the Old Testament, gathered around the prophets to stone them, you know, whichever. Uh, this is illustrates a truth in God's word that the word of God is living and active. It's alive. It's it changes the person. It, the person doesn't change it. The person doesn't interpret it or filter it, but the word of God changes the person. And so, not only are you is sitting in the pew. I assume, listening to a sermon, are you uh, being changed through that word, but the preacher who is actually preaching also 
uh, is being changed through the changed through that word. And so, interestingly enough, this is really one of the topics that helped me to actually sit at another pastor's feet and listen to him in a circuit meeting or a conference. Because usually, when I was younger, I'll admit that usually I was listening to them and saying, oh, "I could have done that better," or uh, "I would have I wouldn't have done that." We were we're nitpicking and we're 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 playing shop. And we're taking it to our little workshop in our in our little study, and we're taking it apart and, and putting it back together the way that we would do it. And for me to just say, say to myself every time a guy stands up, no matter who he is, to say, "The Lord is going to be speaking to me now. Right. He's going to be changing me through this life giving word." Uh, and so sit back, sit down, Rudat, and listen rather than sit down and criticize. Yeah, and I and I think sometimes we forget that 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 when. You know, we're not saying that 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 a pastor who stands up in front of the congregation and he's preaching, he that he is Christ, but he's he's speaking in the presence of Christ. That that the voice that he's speaking with, the should the people should hear Christ speaking to them. Uh, although he has a different voice, his is lower, his is higher, but but the the main speaker is Jesus. Um, and and that is I think that is the thing that we all have to remember as pastors too. Um, is that is that you know it's not the individual person that I might not agree with or or the individual pastor that that you know um, I would rather not have a beer with at the end of the the meeting, but it's 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 the Lord who is speaking through him and using his words um, to to build me up and to edify me. And how the Lord is creative, like there are different ways and different men that preach God's word have different personalities, different styles of preaching. We think of. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they don't all write the same. Uh, when Peter preaches a sermon, it sounds a lot different than Jesus preaching a sermon. Uh, they have different personalities. And so how the Lord is creative in using our personalities and using who we are and our gifts uh, for the betterment of God's people to build them up. So if you're saying, well, my pastor doesn't preach like this other pastor, uh, that other pastor is so much better than the one I have now, and so I don't really want to pay attention to him. Uh, take a step back and say, the Lord is speaking to you through his called servant, um, and he is using him to bring you God's word, to build you up. To, and, and, and and that's exactly it. I think, you know, one of the things, and, and I'm just going to add a little bit of a, of a caveat and maybe a, a question to this. You know, we talk about biblical preaching, and we talk about how we, we focus on the text, and we place ourselves into the text, and and. and and even the, the the preacher, we were linking back to God's word and placing ourselves into the words of the prophets and placing ourselves into the words of Christ. Um, there has been some contention that that it's not biblical preaching if you use like uh, secular illustrations or, or or life illustrations, you know, my personal life or however. Um, what is your take on that? I, I, is that a? Is, can you still be a biblical preacher if you're using illustrations outside of the biblical framework? I think I mentioned that earlier in the podcast, talking about uh, how the text uh, changes the person, or that we're preaching it. It we each individual preacher digests the text, but we don't make the text about us. So we're, and I think there's a line there. I'm not sure how to make that line. I just I just know it when I see it. When you, you see a preacher who, if he's living the word. If he's if he's digesting the word and he's thinking about it, he's going to see it all around him. He's going to see application for it all around him. So he's going to bring them up. Um, however, there's also the line that's crossed is when the preacher says, "Oh, look look at this text. It doesn't really live it, but just says, how can I apply this to this incident that happened in my life? Or I want to tell them about this this story that happened. So I'm going to find the scriptures or find oh you know just write this. I don't know if we a preacher would write that down, but just in the back of his mind say, 
I can't wait to preach about this in a sermon sometime sure. where you find the text for that. Which, which, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I, I knew a pastor one time and I'm not going to say who doesn't really matter, but, um, he would go and he would find, cause his church wanted pictures throughout all the sermon to the sermon. So he would go and he would find pictures and, and he, he admitted, he says, I will not say anything in my sermon if I cannot find a picture for it. And I said, that's limiting. That, that, that seems like you're now preaching to the picture instead of preaching to your people. Um, and, and I, and, and I'll be honest, I, I really had a problem with the idea of how, how can you be biblically, a biblical preacher? Um, if you, like you said, you're not living those instances and seeing how, how the, the scriptures are intersecting with the life of, that we're living and, and, and not just saying, okay, I wanted to have an opportunity to tell you this story, um, which now you have 150 people who are captivated because <laughs> they have to listen to you because they, they paid for the ticket to sit. Um, it's free to come to church, by the way. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's that shift, right. Of, of saying, you know, uh, and, and I think this is a, uh, for, for me personally, it's one of the most fun things to play with. Um, in biblical preaching as a, as a Lutheran pastor is to take the life story or to take the, the illustration that I have found and, and, and lead people into that story and then rip the carpet out from under them and say, Oh, and now we're in the biblical text. How did we get there? <laughs> because you painted that story in such a way where it, it's like, okay, like the, you know, the people know this is where it's going, but they get so wrapped up in the, in that tale that when you rip the carpet out from under them, and now they're in the text. I, that is just such an amazing moment um, where, where you can be like, see, that's, that's how that works. Um, and, and, and Jesus did that in his preaching all the time, telling stories of farmers, and they're like so enamored about that story. And all of a sudden he, and he, and by the way, and, and it's like, but what happened to the story? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but, but now here's the here's here's the here's the big biblical connect. Okay, so so leading from there, you know, we have that that biblical connect. We have the 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 connecting to to Lutheran preaching. Um, but what we need to to focus on, or, or or what we go from, is that it's not just teaching about the Bible. Uh, this Sunday, um, we we have an opportunity. We see again the upper room, right? Where for those of you to date the podcast, we are celebrating the third Sunday. Um, after Easter, and we're we're still in the upper room. We haven't left Resurrection Sunday, and and we see Jesus, and he connects himself and says, "I am the fulfillment of the Old Testament." Right? He he connects himself to the Old Testament to the, all of the Word, and he says, um, "Here is the Word," and 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 it is about me. Right? It's about it's about the fulfillment of everything, and and so we would say in the second point that Lutheran preaching is evangelical. Um, because we follow that same line of thought, um, that that all of Lutheran preaching focuses and centers on Jesus, right? Because Jesus Himself says, "These are the scriptures that testify about Me." He's referring to the the entire uh, Bible, refers to Jesus. So we have to. It, we would do a disservice to you, dear listener, if we preached a whole sermon and did not mention Jesus, or we did not mention how Jesus uh, kept this. If we're preaching the law. Uh, how did Jesus keep this law for you? Or what did Jesus do about this problem that you have because you're not doing according to what the Bible says? Your life and the Bible have not matched up, uh, dear listener. Now what are you going to do? Uh, we would be a, we would do a huge disservice if we didn't bring Jesus into that 
and we made it all about you and you correcting yourself or you changing your life or you uh, doing things differently without the power that comes from the gospel to do it. But but I would even go a step further and say, you know, uh, that, that Lutheran preaching is not just about name-dropping Jesus and not just saying, oh, well, I got to have Jesus in here somewhere. <laughs> oh, and there's Jesus. All right, moving on. Yeah, um, do it because do it Jesus did it. No, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. Right, right. But I'm also, I would also say that it's not Lutheran preaching, and, and this is something that maybe our listeners get into um, because this is all over in our society, and, and you know maybe where I'm going with this. Society is okay talking about God this, God that, God that, and 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 in a sermon when we say, well, in God, God, and sometimes I've read sermons from from because I I like I like to read sermons, I like to read what other people have to say about certain things, and and I read some of the sermons that that you can find all over, and all it is is and God and God and God and God this and God that, and it's like the only thing I can and and maybe this is the Lutheran preacher coming out in me, the only thing I can say is. Be specific, man. Be specific. This yeah. Christ, Jesus, say his name. <laughs> We're living in a world where we have a cultural God and the biblical God. The cultural God is doesn't have Jesus in it. The cultural God is the God who's uh, got a white beard and, and uh, has flowing white robes and sits on his easy chair and, and uh, is smiling at you all the time, where we have a God who did something for you, and that person who did that is the person of Jesus Christ, who is both God and man, who did all of this stuff for you. Right, and and Lutheran preaching doesn't shy away of sharing Jesus, right? Um, you know, we are, you you said it so beautifully, Jesus did, Jesus is done, um, Jesus has now given. Um, here are all the ways that Jesus has has met you where you are, in your need, how you are, and, and he has now um, fulfilled everything for you. That's that's evangelical preaching. Evangelical preaching uh, is good news. That that's where it comes from. Uh, that 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 good news of what? Well, the good news of Christ. The, the good news is, hey, guess what? You don't have a checklist. You don't have a to do list. But there's the law. No, there's Christ who fulfilled the law, um, and now you get to live in Him. Um, and 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 yeah, there's other ways we can talk about that. But but I mean, that's evangelical preaching at its core. Sure. Yeah, and we'll talk about that, the differences between the law and gospel and point number seven if we'll ever get there. But uh, the next point on your list is good Lutheran preaching is didactic preaching. Tell us about that. Well, didactic preaching is is kind of the preaching that I like the most, um, and didactic preaching is teaching. And and um, when I went to school, I wanted to be a teacher. That That's kind of what I wanted to be. Um, I wanted to be a second education teacher because little kids, I they don't talk back and, and it's more you're tell, talking to them instead of having a conversation with them. So I wanted to be a second ed teacher. The, um, he d- not only does he like to be the thorn in the side of uh, his brother pastors, but he likes to be the thorn in the side of teenagers as well. I do. I, I kind of just like being a thorn. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of my thing. Um, but, but you know, um, so was Aristotle and so was uh, Socrates. They were all thorns. And so I, I take after, and Luther was a thorn. So I'm in good company. Um, but but here we have uh, didactic teaching is is or didactic um, preaching is is preaching that is willing to teach. So it's not just looking at it's not just looking at a text and making a statement. It's it's phrasing it in a way that people are learning. And it and and here's where it's kind of unique. And 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 I'm not saying it's counter to the way that we started the podcast where we say God's word cre- is creating, 
but I think it flushes out that creation where, where, you know, like even in Genesis where, where we see God speak and there was, there's so much in there to discuss and to flush out and, and to, to talk about that that's part of teaching. And, and I think that's the beauty of it. You know, um, we look at the, the, if you ever have a chance to open up your catechism and, and you look at the, the catechism just in bare bones and you say that the catechism is like really short. I mean, the small catechism is really, really short. And, and you have, you have, okay, um, the commandments and here's what they mean. You have the apostles creed. Here's what it means. But when you start taking it apart and you teach it, you're, you're, you're making the connections of, okay, here's from the scriptures where this was. And, and here's the application and here's, you know, and, and to be in a sermon and to be able to say, you know, um, let, let's say like in, in, in this week's text, um, they thought Jesus was a ghost. What does this mean? What does it mean that, that they thought it, why would they, what kind of stupid person would do that? Well, the, the fact of the matter is, is they're not that stupid because we do it all the time, you know. Poltergeist shows all over the place. Um, number one selling movies in the nation are horror films with ghosts and, and stuff. You know, I'm a huge fan of, of of Ghostbusters, you know. I'm excited about number three coming because they're going to get rid of that other trash that they try to pass off as Ghostbusters. That's another topic all on its own. But, but you know, we live in this concept of... of well, ghosts are among us and our loved ones, they wander around and, and all these different things. And it's like, is it that far of a, outside of our imagination to, to see that, that the disciples were superstitious and they didn't get it? And that's teaching. That's, that's, that's didactic teaching that we are, we're going back and we're saying, this is, this is, this is what the culture was and teach the culture and teach the, the mindset as best as we can. Um, and, to, and, and, and as you teach, you bring, you bring that word of God that is creative more into more of a personal space. Um, as we, by the help of the Holy spirit, understand the scriptures better. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you're in good company, Will, because the, uh, the apology of the Augsburg confession talks about that. What does, what are we supposed to be doing and preaching in the article 15, it talks about this. He says, On the contrary, in our churches, all the sermons are occupied with topics such as these, of repentance, of the fear of God, of faith in Christ, of the righteousness of faith, of the consolation of consciences by faith, of the exercises of faith, of prayer, what its nature should be, what prayer's nature should be, what should we be fully confident that is efficacious, um, of the cross, of the authority of magistrates and civil ordinances, basically what's our role in, in government as well, uh, one, how one sh- in, how each one in his station should live in a Christian manner. Uh, what else is in here? Of the distinction between the kingdom of Christ and political affairs, so a distinction between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world, of marriage, of education and instruction of children, of chastity, and of all of the uh, functions of love. So we're talking about, or offices of love is what is mentioned here in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, just the idea of, uh, our Christian love toward our neighbor is something that's active and needs to be employed in our daily life as well. So we're teaching in our sermons, uh, which I think we talked about this earlier in the podcast about uh, sometimes, well, oh, that was my opinion that I was grinding. Uh, what really grinds my gears is, is to say, well, I don't teach in the pulpit. 
I only preach in the, in the pulpit. Well, all preaching is teaching. We're teaching God's people something about how to conduct themselves, and we are um, empowering them to how to conduct themselves through the gospel that we're preaching through Jesus. Right, and as you're teaching, and 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 I think this is where where what what really, and I'm not saying that I know you and 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 saying in this I do know you but and to say that that I know exactly what aggravates you but what aggravates me along those lines is when someone says to you well I only teach this I only teach the bible but everything you say that surrounds that portion of the bible that you're you're expounding upon is teaching something and and if you are if you're not going back to the biblical text and saying this is what god says throughout all of his scripture and holding to that you're teaching something wrong and and that's that's I think a part of Lutheran teaching too. Like I said, each of these points aren't a point on their own. They right. build upon each other. It starts off with it, we are biblical, which means that it's not just this text. It's the entirety of Scripture that we are. Re- if if the rest of the Scripture doesn't say it, this text I'm pretty sure doesn't. <laughs> right. I, I mean that that's 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 like number one in in your in the hopper. Um, and and if you're approaching a text and saying. Hmm, no one else in all of creation thus far has had this idea. I must be brilliant. No, no, let me just say this. Fools often or, uh, fools often never differ. <laughs> and so so pretty much saying that 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 you're probably dumb and you should you should probably reconsider what you're thinking because the scripture is very very clear, which is going into the next section, which we're going to talk about, but but this all builds upon each other that when we teach, we're teaching back to, no, this is what the Bible says. And and in this place, this is the, this is like, so here's the gem. The scriptures are the gem, right? And, and we get it, we get a cut of it here and, and, and it glimmers in this area and it glimmers in this way, but it's still the gem. It's still in, and it all fits into this hole. Um, and that's part of, and in all of it is Christ. It, it is all centered on in, in the body of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And and so that's part of teaching, but but I had, I had sort of hedged on it, so let's just move into it, and and, and you can talk about it, that that um, because maybe I'm not I'm about as clear as mud. Um, Lutheran preaching is clear. What is that all about? Well, having not read the article, well, see, and now just uh, hitting. How would I say that uh, Christian Lutheran preaching is clear, and that is that we don't dance around the issues. So if we uh, if there is a sin we call it out. If there now he's he's trying to show it to me. I can't read that far. Here we go. Anything can be op- okay. Technical jargon. Uh, make sure that people understand what you're saying. So if you're I, I really um. I really like this topic of of Lutheran teaching being clear because when I'm preaching sermons, I intentionally make sure two things. One is if I have a mom that's sitting in the in the pew that she can get the gist of where I'm going to go in the first five minutes because her children are going to probably uh, distract her from the rest of the, during the rest of the sermon. So I want to make sure in the first five minutes or in the introduction, she kind of knows where I'm going to go and maybe give her a gem right then and there because I know that uh, in my preaching I want to talk, fill the time and, and be able to expound on the scriptures and teach God's word and to... to uh, um, preach the gospel, but I also m- want to understand who my audience is, and so be clear for the mom sitting there in the in the uh, in the pew who who may, may only get my attention, who 
oh, I only may hold her attention for a few minutes because of her calling as a mother. I also want to be clear that for the kids that are sitting in the in the pews as well, I I also do children's sermons. I haven't done it since the pandemic, but just the idea, not just in the children's sermon, am I going to make sure I can simplify the truths of God's word so that they can understand it, but in the sermon itself, not to get lost in the technical terms or not to get lost in the lofty rhetoric or a lofty, uh, you know, the, the direction I could go if I really wanted to, if I really wanted to impress them with my intelligence, which is, uh, is, a, is a difficult task because there's not much intelligence up there. But the idea of being clear uh, to the people that are sitting in your pews, if you've got a bunch of people who are, um, if your members that are sitting in the pew have never gone to high school, you're not going to talk to them using college vocabulary you're going to make sure your your vocabulary is simple. And the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be uh, spoken of in such high language that only the smart people can get it. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about the Bible is that it is very simple in what it is it is proclaiming to us. Yeah, and and you know what? Um, I, I like I like where you're going with that in the in the sense that. Um, some people feel that the only way they gain and garner respect is if they use really big words and and they um they speak above them and and it's it's a power play um you know and 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 you know you say you you do children's sermons i do children's sermons every week it's that's my preaching i'm I, I think like a child um and so you know i i laugh at myself and that's fine um, but but you know if we can if we can make our sermons so accessible by the children then then they're accessible by the adults. Um, I can talk, and you and I have had conversations. I think I can talk on par with any pastor, predominantly. I I I, I think I can follow and track and and um and and things like that. But you know me well enough to know that most often I don't talk that way. You know I'm I'm very much a um, a farmer at heart and almost talk like one, maybe bordering on a sailor at times. Um, and that's, and, but that's, but I think that's, that's what this is about is that, you know, the, the best pastors I've ever seen in my life. And, and I count you among them, by the way. Um, so don't, don't undersell yourself, Dave. Um, but, but some of the best pastors that I've met in my life were pastors who understood they, they, it wasn't the problem that they didn't understand the, the technical terms and they didn't understand the deep innuendos and that they couldn't wane eloquent and that they couldn't baffle people with brilliance. But it was the fact that they took those terms and they used them. They weren't afraid to use them, but they took those terms and they said, I understand they're big and this is what they mean. And they boiled it down in, in this very simple terms. You know, even something as, as, as as four lettery as grace, and that's a technical term. It really is mm-hmm. um, grace. And what is what does grace mean? And and to be able to say it in a sermon and say that that is that is that love that is that is something that you don't garnish and you don't deserve and you don't work for. It is given freely. Um, brings it down into a into a simple way. Um, or, or you know, I I let slip in the in the in the podcast the idea of a malady, and and you stopped me and said, "What is malady? It's a problem." Right. Um, but I mean, we could even say 
what's the tertium? You know, <laughs> they can sound all smart, and and people are like, what what is pastor talking about? It's the gospel, people. Yeah, you know, what's what's the, what's the take home? What's the t- that's the tertium? What's the take home? What are we what are we gonna what are we gonna say here? Um, but the idea is is to be able to say in a sermon, um, give the people what the scriptures say because the people uses grace. It uses that word, and and to give the people in in the sermon um, repentance. What does that mean? Well, you know, we say the word repentant, repent, repent, repent. But but what it is? It's 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 to turn 180 degrees. But it's something you can't do. It's be repented, right? As as the Spirit turns you, um, and and to face the cross. You know these wonderful things. Um, you know we go through. We have the books, and you probably see them in the back of my bookshelf. You, dear listener, don't. But if you ever visit me, which wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, you'd see that there's dogmatic books everywhere, and and they use big terms, and we can use those terms. But it's the part of being clear that that I love about Lutheran preaching is the challenge to take those concepts and boil them down to the people that I love to serve and that I'm called to serve and, and, and to do it in such a way that, that when I'm standing outside of the pulpit, I'm the same person standing inside the pulpit. I think we also have to understand that there are people in our pews that are college educated. So, uh, there, um, there are the concepts that we're talking about are the ones where that are going to take some deep thinking. Uh, and so it would also require our college educated folks to, uh, to, to think it through. And sometimes also to, to realize that, um, the, the, the preacher that's standing before him could go to a higher level. And sometimes they, they will sometimes they in will. the space or in a time right. that they need to. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's the ability to 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 smoothly go through that and 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 say you know what I'm I'm going to be as clear as I possibly can uh, possibly can because my focus is Christ, um and and that and that really is going to we could talk more about being clear but I think we hit the topic there um the next two I think don't need a ton of comment because I really in the in the last couple of minutes that we have we have about oh seven to ten minutes here um. I, I want to get to the the seventh topic, which is uh, distinguishing law and gospel. But but we have for number five and number six, we have that Lutheran preaching is dogmatic and Lutheran preaching is polemical or or polemic. And and all I want to say is about dogmatic. And you can add to this if you'd like, but I want to keep the conversation kind of short on that. The idea of being dogmatic is is simply what is the authority? What what is the authority? Um, and Lutheran preaching finds its authority in Scripture alone. It finds its authority in, 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 in what is the standard by which we we live and guide our lives, which is God's word, and then also the standard that comes from that, right? The the explanation of that standard, which is found within the confessions, um, and and linking ourselves to those confessions and and to the word of God itself, and saying, this is the authority that we are holding ourselves accountable to. And, and so when we stand up and preach, if someone says, I don't agree, and they go to the scriptures and they say, here, and, and it proves us wrong, we stand corrected. Or they go to the confessions and they say, you're not preaching what the confessions say. We're held accountable because the confessions are, are appropriate understandings of the scriptures in which they draw from. Um, that, that's what we mean by dogmatic. I would say that to the person who says, why do we preach in this sermon? If I'm only limited, because you're limiting me, because this is actually a big topic I wanted to talk about. Fine, talk about it. (laughs) 
the uh, the idea of authority in our society is it's happening all the time. We are being preached at all the time. We are trying to be. We are being influenced, and you know, things are being proclaimed to us. Whether that be uh, you're watching a political pundit, they're proclaiming to us that the other side is doing you know A, B, and C, and this is wrong, morally wrong. What they're doing to our country, uh, we're being preached at at that moment, uh, dear listener. Or if we are turning on the television and watching a movie and there is a moral story in that movie, we are being preached at, uh, dear listener. Uh, we are trying to be influenced. Uh, if we are turning on our uh, television and watching our beloved sports that are trying to get us away from the world, we're being preached at. Because something in, our, in the sports broadcast, maybe the, the sports broadcaster is trying to preach us and say, oh, this team is actually the better team than the other team, or this person is really a really good uh, player, or in in the recent years you know this uh this cause is really important we have to they're all wearing pink uh, shoes this this month because of this be be aware of breast cancer awareness so we're being preached at all the time so lutheran preaching is not uh the only preaching that's going on in your life you're getting preached at all the time but lutheran preaching is unique because we have the work of the holy spirit using it uh to build you up yeah, and there's an authority behind it, an authority, and and I think, in 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 just following off of what you said is, you know, when we hear the preaching of everybody else in the world, they're all basing it off an authority too. Um, they're they're saying, and here's the facts that back up what I'm saying, whatever it is. That's that's dogmatic. That that that's in it. I mean, it's a different term, and I know you're not used to the term, but that's essentially what it is. They're being dogmatic about it. X, you know, uh, A and B will lead to. To see, right? Um, X and Y uh, will will always lead to a point. Um, why is that? Because that's dogmatic preaching. Dogmatic preaching goes back to an authority and says, "Here's the authority in which I I have to say what I'm going to say," and and we're not God. We're we're not Jesus who can stand up and say, "What well, by what authority do you do this?" I'm God. That's the authority. Um, we're not that way. So we we go back and we say, "By what authority can we preach and teach? By what authority can I say what I'm going to say?" Because this is scripture. Here it is in scripture. Um, this is our. This is the confessions that sum up those scriptures. Um, this is why I can say what I can say, and and that's the authority by which we 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 preach. And 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 Lutheran preaching is unique in that because we have confessions. Um, we're unique in that because we're very biblical. We are biblical. We are a biblical church. Right, and we we actually write down what we believe, and we say this is what we believe. We don't uh, and then leave put it, it into the hands of our people to right. correct us. Right, right, yeah, uh, Pastor. I don't think that's right. Well, show me from the confession. Oh, okay. Well, you, yep, you're right. The confessions say this, and I wasn't doing that. I stand corrected. Right, or uh, or like I've said to my, to many of my people, if if you think I've said something that is, and they've never necessarily thought that, but I I always tell them, you know, for every pastor. We are accountable to the to the people who've called us, but we're accountable to God's word. And so if you think we've said something wrong or we're misguided, show me in scripture and I will stand corrected. Um, show me in the confessions and I will stand corrected because that is the authority for us. Right. And as we are proclaiming something, we are also proclaiming what we are against, which means polemical. Uh, and that's something that's uh, not very popular because in your cultural Christianity, we're not against anything. We love everybody. Everybody, we, I mean, we have our hearts uh, pouring out for everybody. We we love everybody, but we're not against anything. And uh, Christianity, true Christianity, is against something 
Not to say that we relished the sin. Things. We're against sin. sin. Yeah. Not to say that we we relished the things that we are against, <laughs> or or we are uh, we're secretly proud of all the things that we're against, or that we hate the. Well, I guess we would say we would hate the sin that we are against, or that we hate a certain group of people. So now we're looking for reasons uh, to hate them. Uh, that's not the case. It's it's God's word has positive statements. What's it for? And it has negative statements, what's it against? And the same thing is true with our confessions. If you read our confessions, they'll say, this is what we're for as a Lutheran church. This is what we're against. Just so that you're clear, uh, dear listener, and, and the dear reader of the confessions, that you we would know exactly where a person stands or yeah. where a Lutheran church stands or a Lutheran preaching stands. And I would say that, that, that you're questionable as a Lutheran preacher if someone sits into the service and, and leaves the, the sermon wondering what you know i'm not, not wondering wondering am i wrong did 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 i do something wrong and 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 not being firm on the idea of no i'm i'm i left that sermon understanding i'm a sinner and 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 that this attitude whatever it was was wrong and and christ has taken that away and forgiven me and helped me to become better in my understanding um, and, and I think, like you said, that, you know, we, we need, and, and I'll be the first to admit, you know, sometimes we need to do better at that because we are so afraid to stand up and say, this is wrong, that, that this is not right. This yeah. is, this is Christ is, Christ does not shy away from saying this attitude is wrong or this behavior is wrong. I shouldn't shy away from saying this behavior is wrong and, and I can do no other. Yeah. The word of God is confrontational. That's the the thing that we forget because it's confronting us in our sin. It's confronting us in our sinful nature. It's confronting us in our, all of the uh, ways that we've been persuaded away from God. And it, it seeks to turn us around, seeks to that would lead us to repentance, that we turn back to God. And uh, so if Lutheran preaching isn't uh, polemical in that it is against something or, or isn't confrontational, then it's not really Lutheran preaching at all. Right. And, and I think that that leads us into um, the, the I, what I would consider to be a very pinnacle of Lutheran preaching, um, which is the last the last idea of, of, of the points that he makes on this paper in that Lutheran preaching properly distinguishes between law and gospel, um, which I think deals with that idea of it's polemical, right? That yeah. they, they kind of all blend together. Yeah. Um, but but that Lutheran preaching properly distinguishes between law and gospel. Um, there is a, um, a writer, C.S. or C.W. Walther. There we go. And and he um, wrote a book called The Proper Distinction of Law and Gospel, a bunch of table talks. And it is uh, it is on the, you should probably read this every year book, uh, a bookshelf of every pastor, um, because it's good. And, 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 uh, um, and deals with with you know this art of preaching law and gospel in a way that does not blend the two or separate the two. Um, walk us through, possibly, or maybe start the conversation on walking us through. What does that mean to properly distinguish between law and gospel? Um, again, like you're saying before, this is going to have touching on all the topics that we talked about before and that is 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 the text that i am preaching what is the specific law that's in this text what what exactly which sin is being identified with um 
I think for myself as a preacher, as I'm looking at a text, I'm going to make sure I go through, maybe the commandments to me are a good guide to say, okay, which commandment is being broken here? And to help me actually preach the God, preach the law, because otherwise I'll slip into, and I know I do this more often than I want to admit, is just say, well, we have a sinful nature and we can't do it, right? It's Let's get the, the law very specific so that we, uh, so that the person who is listening knows if I did the thing the pastor is talking about, I'm going to hell. Not to say that the pastor is needs to do that in a very firm voice or that he has to shout at his members, you know, the fire and brimstone sermon. But if you're very clear, which we mentioned before, if you're very clear on what the scripture says and you're very clear on the law, then the person should come away and say, if what he, if the pastor if what the pastor is saying is right, uh, I'm going to hell because I've done that. But then the the gospel also has to be specific, so it's not just a Jesus died for you, but apply that salve to that wound that you just created as a pastor, and and very be very specific about how Jesus took care of that sin, and how uh, through the through what Jesus has done does that enable a person to do what is right from here on out so that the specific gospel as far as the motivation to do the right thing. So the gospel needs to be very specific in, in the law and in the gospel. Um, otherwise, it's not Lutheran preaching. And, and I would even add a little caveat to that and say Lutheran preaching in, in dealing with law and gospel properly is um, Lutheran preaching is, is subjective or specific, and it is objective, which means that it is... is um, carries with it a universal, you know, we, we deal with the law in a universal way. This, this is God's proclamation of what is wrong, but then it deals in a subjective way as in a very personal way. This is God speaking to you and you are wrong. And then we do the same with the gospel, the gospel in a subjective way, uh, or in an objective way, uh, Christ died for all sins, right? That's Lutheran preaching. Christ died for everyone, but, but he specifically died for you. And, and, and by faith through the Holy Spirit, he's given this to you. So, so Lutheran preaching is, is, is properly distinguishing law and gospel, but within the properly distinguishing of law and gospel, it is very, it's very personal and objective and, and universal um, that, that there's these both comments, right? And that's part of the doctrine of, of the church, that, that there is subjective justification, that, that personally God has declared me not guilty. See, I'm explaining. And then there's objective justification, which is objectively, uh, uh, universally, God has said the world, I have given my son for the world, right? For all people, but not all people receive it because not all people have, have the law worked on them and, and have been brought to repentance, um, and that's part of Lutheran preaching is is separating this out. Um, and and I, I think Walther would say, um, you know, a properly applied law uh, heats up the metal, right? So it's burning hot, it's red hot. and then and then the 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 gospel is the that pool of water, and you hear it hiss and it goes as it as it solidifies that new creation into what it should be. Um, I got into blacksmithing because of Walther, by the way. <laughs> I have a qu- uh- I have a, 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 a thought-provoking question that I have is, for Lutheran pastors in the 21st century, are we more like the apostles, like Paul going to Athens, or are we more like the Old Testament prophets calling God's people to repentance? Um, 
I would like to say, okay, a personal opinion, I would like to say we are more like Paul. But I think reality is we're more like the the, the prophets. Um, and we just haven't been stoned yet. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds bad. Um, but no, I, I think we are dealing with a, um, that is a really good question. I think we are dealing with a laity, technical term, congregation of people um, that is more lax in their spiritual walk with the Lord. And, 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 I, and I think that is something that was very Old Testament um, as opposed to dealing with people that Paul dealt with who were very spiritual but misguided. How does that sound? Yeah, because I think we're we're kind of both, and but sometimes we think we're we're one when we're really acting like the other. Well, we think, oh, I think I'm Paul on Mars and explaining it and, and bringing the gospel to people who have never heard it before. But who's sitting in my pew is people who have heard it before, who maybe maybe always be tempted to be sliding because we're always tempted to slide away from what we have been taught, and so to to. Maybe in function, I'm more of an Old Testament prophet than a Paul, but I would like to be a Paul and an Old Testament prophet. Right, um, but but I think I think it comes back down to and 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 like you said, you know, we people sliding away, but you know the 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 problem of of new or the problem of Old Testament believers was the comfortability that they found themselves in with the practices that they surrounded themselves with, um, and and it became a spirituality that was cold. Um, it was, I know, uh, it's sort of a, the, the, the thing I like to, to tease about is Jesus loves me, this I know, and that's all I want to know. You know, that's the kind of Christianity that we deal with. I think it's prevalent in the church. Um, as opposed to what Paul says on Mars Hill, I see that you are, I see that you are spiritual. I, I see that you are people that, that are, are searching and they truly want. And, and so now let me tell you about what you're searching for. Um, I think there's a lot less of that, honestly. I, I think there's a lot less of that and a lot more of the, well, I know enough, Pastor. I was confirmed, you know, 20 years ago. And I knew I learned everything I needed to know when I was confirmed 20 years ago. Um, and then you get them into a Bible class, and I never heard that. Well, you would have when you were confirmed 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but you see how much you've forgotten. Um, and, and so I, I, I think... Um, I. I Personally, opinion, all of my opinion, um, I, I, I think that we are in that time of the prophets. Um, Pastor Winsberger would have said, uh, we, are, we are living in the time of the judges when people do whatever they want and no one really cares. Um, I don't know if I would go, well, I probably would. I would say that, that many times we're in the time of the judges too. But, but yeah, it's, the, it's this idea of, of unfortunate thing we're dealing with with, with, with people who have let their heart grow cold. And I think uh, a biblical preaching or Lutheran preaching that we talked about is is perfect for this age that we're living in because the this age that we're living in needs to be taught. Uh, what does God's word have to say? It needs, uh, it, it needs God's word to be clear to them because they may not know all the church terms that we throw around all the time. Uh, it needs to be uh, dogmatic. We need to actually say something of substance and be authoritative that this isn't just uh, Pastor Harley's uh, opinion or Pastor Rudat's opinion, but this is actually what 
the authoritative word of God says, and we need to be preaching Jesus because that's without everything, without you forget Jesus, you just forget it. Jesus is everything. It's important uh, that we proclaim him uh, to the world around us because the world needs it and he can heal them and he can empower them to be better than they are. He can, he can save them from their sins and uh, give them a new life that, that begins in this life here on earth. I think you said it pretty much as good as we can ever say it. So I didn't um, realize I was wrapping things up, but uh, yeah, I, well, we're at time, and and I think the best way to explain Lutheran preaching is to come and hear Pastor Rudat preach, or and Pastor you, Harley preaching, or pa- even Pastor Winsberger preaching. Yeah, yeah, come and come and visit your pastor. Come and visit and, your pastor, and yes. and hear him preach. Have a great day.